section fifty six of the inheritance by susan edmonston ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume two chapter twenty two our life is but a pilgrimage of blasts and every blast brings forth a fear and every fear a death quarrels miss pratt having carried her point and dried warmed fed and cherished her person in all possible ways now commenced the narrative of what she called her unparalleled adventures but as has been truly said there are always two ways of telling a story and miss pratt's biographer and herself are by no means at one as to the motives which led to this extraordinary expedition miss pratt set forth that she had been living most comfortably at skinflint cottage where she had been most kindly treated and much pressed to prolong her visit but she had taken an anxious fit about her good friends at rossville she had had a great dreaming about them the night before last and she could not rest till she had seen them all she had therefore borrowed the skinflint carriage and set out at the risk of her life but the horses had stuck in the snow etc 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 miss pratt's biographer on the other hand asserts that miss pratt in the course of circulation had landed at skinflint cottage which she sometimes used as a stepping-stone but never as a resting-place here however she had been taken prisoner by the snowstorm and confined for a week in a small house full of children some in measles some in scarlet fevers some in whooping coughs the only healthy individuals two strong unruly boys just broke loose from school for the holidays the fare was bad her bed was hard her blankets heavy her pillows few her curtains thin and her room which was next to the nursery to use her own expression smoked like a killogy to sum up the whole it was a retreat of miss becky dogood's and at this very time miss becky was in such requisition that it was resolved to send the carriage for her in the double hope that as rossville castle was in the way their guest would avail herself of the opportunity of taking her departure accordingly a pair of old stiff starved superannuated horses were yoked to a large heavy family coach to which miss pratt joyfully betook herself even in the very teeth of the storm but the case was a desperate one for she had received several broad hints about one of the children in the whooping cough charles fox by name having taken a fancy to sleep with her in consequence of her having in an unwary fit of generosity presented it with a peppermint drop but all these minute particulars miss pratt passed over which occasions some little discrepancy betwixt herself and her faithful biographer but from this point they can now proceed hand in hand the old horses tugged their way through the snow most manfully till they came to cocklestone top muir and there it lay so deep as to baffle their utmost exertions after every other alternative had been tried in vain there remained no other than to leave the carriage and for miss pratt her green bag and the coachman to mount the horses and proceed to the nearest habitation but the snow fell thick and fast miss pratt could not keep her seat on the bare back of a huge stiff 
plough-horse whose every movement threatened dislocation if not dissolution and even her dauntless spirit was sinking beneath the horrors of her situation when as she expressed it by mere dint of good luck up came mr mcvitie's hearse drawn by six stout horses who had been living for the last two days at heck and manger in mr mcvitie's well-filled stables after a little parley and many promises they were induced nothing loath indeed to turn out of the way and deposit miss pratt and her bag at rossville castle but even this account failed to still the tumult in the earl's breast there was something in having a hearse and the hearse of mr mcvitie the radical distiller thus forced within his walls he could not away with death even in its most dignified attitude with all its proudest trophies would still have been an appalling spectacle to lord rossville but in its present vulgar and almost burlesque form it was altogether insupportable death is indeed an awful thing whatever aspect it assumes the king of terrors gives to other attributes their power of terrifying the thunders roar the lightnings flash the billows roar the earthquakes shock all derive their dread sublimity from death all are but the instruments of his resistless sway from these and even from his more ordinary emissaries lord rossville felt secure but still a lurking fear had taken possession of his mind and he could not divest himself of the train of ideas which had been excited by beholding in horrid array death's cavalcade approach his dwelling he passed a restless night he thought of what the county would say and what he should say to the county he thought of whether he would not be justified in banishing miss pratt for ever from his presence when the first faint grey streak of light appeared he rang his bell to inquire whether the funeral procession had departed but a fresh fall of snow during the night had placed the castle and hearse in a complete state of blockade he rose and opened the window to ascertain the fact but nothing was to be seen but a fast-falling blinding snow he next went to the door but there the snow lay six feet deep he returned to bed but not to sleep and when his servant entered in the morning he found his master a lifeless corse whence it came who can tell whether from cold mental disquiet or irreversible decree when hour of death is come let none ask whence or why end of section fifty six